Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. Please play this song on the radio. Please play this song on the radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this countdown of the... The what, what do you want to call this? The we're up to the murderers row now. We had the extras and the ensemble cast before. Now we're counting down the people who have appeared on the first twenty nows five times or more. And all of this would not be possible without the hard, mind-numbing work of my wonderful co-host Nico Vasillo. Nico, how's your brain, dude? This fucking killed me. <laughs> um, I was I I literally thought this was some of the hardest work I've done for this because I'm not a transcription person. I am I'm like a here write this down for me kind of person. Uh my husband likes to joke that I am essentially um Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man since he's known me. Since well before there were these movies, I have always been a little bit like arrogant and like don't hand me shit and like so <clears throat> my husband has laughed on more than one occasion that that is something very much between us, and he is my pepper pots. Uh, that is to say, though, that my husband has, uh, my husband, I, I don't know that you can compare my husband to um, Gwyneth Paltrow. I think that's my poor husband. So, um, but anyway, point of my story. <laughs> I, I loved making this. I actually really loved that this was something that, you know, we've been talking about how this is an experiment. This is an experiment. I really felt like this was an experiment again. Um, I, I've really loved going through this list and, and, and seeing how this shaped what we understand. I, I, I also was com- I was compelled to ask myself, how many of these do we remember being super hits and how many of these do we just remember? Uh, there's this huge disconnect at this point in music between what was actually a hit and what was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, it, this was like, it was a lot of food yeah. for thought. And um, it also made me realize how many songs I hadn't even considered that we skipped. Um, I, I know that I love her maybe a little too much, but, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of Mimi. And I don't think there was any. This is uh, right around the emancipation of Mimi with We Belong Together, Don't Forget About Us. It's like that, Shake It Off. Uh, That was a really huge period for her. That's one of the most successful records in the history of music. It was the best-selling record worldwide two years in a row. Uh, The Emancipation of Mimi was nominated for something like seven or eight Grammys. It wasn't just a hit. It was a fucking mega Mm. hit. And um, the exclusion of Mimi is a little bit weird. Um you know, and it also forced me to think about things I hadn't considered. And this is going to sound a little dark and a little sad. Whitney Houston was not famous anymore. Like, um, at all sure. during recording this. Uh, when was It's Not Right, But It's Okay? That was off of the same record. Uh, that was off of Your Love Is My Love, which had Heartbreak Hotel, Your Love Is My Love, and It's Not Right, But It's Okay, I think. I think I'm like, that, that's maybe yeah. the last and song I remember, I remember of hers being a mainstream success. That record was like one of the things that record like hugely came under fire for. For it was like ten tracks and it was like thirty two minutes. Hmm, okay. Um, um, but yeah, I was just like really forced to think about when people started and stopped being famous. As we talked about last episode, the third, um, the third and final appearance by Ninety Degrees is "Give Me Just One Night Una Noche," and that was their last album. So. 90 Degrees released their last pop album by the fifth now. Yeah, that seems, that seems right, honestly. Well, it's going to be shocking when we talk about how long some of these other artists appeared and how quickly we're going to realize that the heyday of what we considered the now was over. And I, I've actually pinpointed exactly where it is. I would like to save 
that for a little bit later on. But I will say the Backstreet Boys are what dictate the nows. In what way? Oh, please, let's just get to Backstreet Boys, and then I will, uh, I will, I will dump a whole lot of okay. crazy that I statistically recognized. Um, I would like to start with in five appearances. Uh, one of these appearances is actually really special and really important. I've been talking about her and how amazing she is since very early on. Aaliyah uh, has five appearances. Try again, rock the boat more than a woman. I care for you and miss you. My biggest complaint is that four of them are posthumous. Rock the boat appearing on now eight. Now eight is dedicated to the memory of Aaliyah, which is weird. I'd never realized that a now would be dedicated, but yeah. Yeah. How, in what in what way is it dedicated? Does it just say something on the on the back sleeve? Yeah, is there? It's in the now. It says that it's somewhere in the liner okay. notes. I don't. I just saw on Wikipedia. I don't own it, but it's dedicated okay. to Aaliyah. Um, it's it's just disappointing that Aaliyah's five appearances, four of them are posthumous. Right. And we we talked about during those appearances how some of these are like you know from the vault seasides that never would have gotten released had she survived. Kind of the, the um that's exactly yeah, my complaint the, um, uh, the 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 Tupac effect is what I think we should call that yeah yeah Leah's gonna start performing in hologram she's gonna start playing Beyonce songs written 10 years after her her passing God willing um, let's just get into that late stage capitalism let's ruin everything it would be beautiful if we could ruin things that are like worth ruining you know what I mean instead of ruining gross things I mean I think I mean, if you assume the world is a worthwhile thing, then we are definitely on the correct path of ruining something that's worth ruining. Like, we're, we're, we're in hell world, baby. The darkest timeline is the best at something. <laughs> of course. It's going to be best at driving us all mad. Uh, speaking of the darkest timeline, we are entering... Uh, I, You know what, man? I have to say that you were right about something. What's that? I don't like the Black Eyed Peas at all. <laughs> I, I, like, I'd never really thought about it until we were talking about it like two episodes ago. And we were like, no one sits down and is like, I can't wait to listen to this Black Eyed Peas deep cut. Like, when I was thinking about it and I was making this list and I saw they appeared five times, Where is the Love is number 14. Um, Shut Up is on number 15. Hey Mama is on number 16. Let's Get It Started is on number 17. Don't Funk With My Heart is number 20. And I actually, thinking about it, feel like all of these songs are trying to sell me cereal. I mean, that's kind of, speaking of late-stage capitalism, um, kind of what I'd, I'd been saying. Uh, Will I Am is, he gets it in a way that I don't like, but I appreciate that he gets it, where he's just a nonstop marketing machine. He's a... a a money press and every song is crafted with some sort of algorithm to be sold to something he you can't ever call him a sellout because that implies there was ever a period where he wasn't firmly focused on making money hand over fist and i know i do know that the black eyed peas were more of a like folk hip-hop kind of ensemble act before they decided to add fergie and do that so the thing that I said is inherently wrong, but in regards to the mainstream and his entrance into that, since then, he has always been there. As long as he's been in the light, he's been counting money hand over fist. It's, it's he's, he's got that fucking giant pyramid of money that, that the Joker has and lights on fire in the Dark Knight somewhere in one of his many mansions, I'm sure. I, yeah, I completely agree, and I didn't think about it until I was looking at this list, and I was like, where is the love? You know, where is the love doesn't sound like a Black Eyed Peas song, so I'm going to dismiss it out of hand, and I know that sounds shitty, and I don't mean it shitty, but hey, it doesn't sound like their stuff. It has Justin Timberlake guest vocaling. Their thing is party anthems. This is not a party anthem. 
I'm going to dismiss it because, well, it does exist. It is an outlier, and I think even Will I Am would acknowledge it's an outlier from the BEP catalog. So then we have Shut Up, Hey Mama, Let's Get It Started, and Don't Funk With My Heart. And I can picture a break in all four songs for Will I Am to jump in the air, do a split, and throw a pan, like a can of Sprite to me. And because of that, I feel like you're right. I think Black Eyed Peas managed to do something really amazing. Instead of finding a way to make really commercially successful music, they managed to make really successful music commercials. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's true. They're the they're the Pepsi commercial band. They're the music that plays before the trailers of a film you go to see. They're the worst Super Bowl halftime act possibly in history. Uh, they are all of these things that just represent excess and consumption and consumerism even before you acknowledge the fact that their songs aren't very good i i hate the things that they stand for i completely get it they are neon fast food man Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um now i don't have too much more to say about them and I, i i might have more to say about the next band but i feel like it would be disingenuous of me to talk about this next band just as two from now i think you're going to want to defer at least a little bit to me so, dude, how do you feel about the fact that Blink-182 appears on 3, 4, 8, 10, and 15? Um, so I, I think this is what I was getting at with um, with my hypothesis for Shakira on the last episode, um, being that it's a natural gap between albums. This, I know for a fact, is natural gap between albums. This is um, 3 and 4 being off Enemy of the State. 8 and 10 being off of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, and 15 being off of their self-titled, quote-unquote, mature album. And I think that's fine. They were massive. They were all over the radio, specifically for these three albums. So is maybe maybe one of the few things in this discovery uh, for me that makes complete sense. I think if I have a question about that, because I do agree this makes complete sense. For you, do you feel these five songs are what Blink-182 should be remembered by? I don't even think they are the songs that Blink-182 is remembered by. I think they're still most re- I think they're still most remembered for Damn It, which came before this. That's, to me, I think, still the one that most people know with What's My Age Again and all the small things just behind that. So, yeah, that seems fine in regards to that, and... The other songs are not the ones that everyone remembers most fondly, but they are the lead singles off of those albums that, you know, don't have much more other than that, uh, where are you? And I am so sorry song, which you know, everyone remembers for a very different reason. Yeah. I sometimes think Tom DeLonge sounds like, um, the vocal performance equivalent of, um, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, tweet that after the show, please. <clears throat> I will do my best. Uh, okay, I swear to God, we've had more conversations about this band in 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 in. I I, I think we've had more conversations about this band in two weeks mm-hmm. than any human being has ever had about this motherfucking band. Mm-hmm. Coldplay. They appear at six with Yellow. We skip every other song on Parachutes, and we get. In My Place at number 11 and Clocks at 13. We skip the other singles from... I guess we skipped The Scientist. Is Talk... Talk is off of X and Y, right? We, I know we just yeah. answered this, but I forget Yeah, already. Talk is off X, Y. Okay, so... Um, so this is the also... The other thing they skip is Trouble. 6 and 11 is a huge gap considering those are on the same album. Those are on the same album, right? No, those are those are not the same album. Oh, fuck. Okay, see, my Coldplay it's, uh, knowledge is all over the place because they're just such a greatest hits band to me. 
I, I completely agree. They are sometimes I think to myself, is anything ever going to knock the Eagles' greatest hits out of? Uh, it could be a Coldplay's greatest hits. I'm not even kidding. Yellow and Trouble were the singles from Parachutes. Then in my place, Clocks and the Scientist were the singles from A Rush of Blood to the Head. Speed of Sound and Fix You are off of X and Y. Okay. I think it's shocking that Coldplay only appears five times. I think that Coldplay and the Black Eyed Peas and Aaliyah and Blink-182 appear the same number of times in five years of nows is shocking. Because in my head, those those four artists can't line up five times. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I think that's a really interesting thing. Um, These are see these are those awesome stats that ESPN puts at the bottom of a game. Like, you know, this left-handed pitcher has never had a home run hit off of him when playing on the West Coast before three p.m. Like this is this is some some wild shit that you've discovered. Yeah, um, I feel a little bit like I'm doing a weird impersonation of Dustin Hoffman and Rayman. (laughs) Rayman crossed with um, trying to pass my actuarial exams. This feels a little weird, but um, it does lead us to a really interesting person next. I, I, I still don't know how I feel about this. When I, when I came to this, this Janet Jackson statistic, the Janet Jackson appears five times. And that you said that surprises you? Um, yeah, uh, because I have a problem with the, with the songs it is, which sounds really stupid. I guess I don't. I don't have a problem with the songs it is. I'm inherently resentful of this period of her career. Uh, we've talked extensively about it, and I don't want to bore anybody. You know, this isn't Nico just trying to rehash stuff that he has already gotten to talk about. Um, what's funny is I think I only missed one of her appearances. I think I only missed um, either Somebody to Call My Lover or All For You. I didn't miss many at all. Janet had The Velvet Rope, which sold 10 million copies, uh, and then she did All For You, which did still sell well. But, you know, The Velvet Rope was an intimate um, – aggr- it was an intimate – personal aggression against her own depression and she recorded it publicly and she released it publicly but it was explicitly about her dealing with her sexuality and depression and anger and rage and hurt and her family and feeling stupid because everybody it's amazing she was like i sold 20 million copies of janet period and i co-wrote or wrote every single song on the record and people told me i was a failure how do you sell 20 million records and be a failure and that was something she had to deal with and you know so the velvet rope being followed up by um, one of her lightest albums. I mean, she still tried to be way too sexual on it, which like really fucking hurt it. But there was no substance really to All For You. Um, so that doesn't really matter at all for you. Both being from that record is a little disappointing. Someone to Call My Lover. I enjoy a lot as a song, but I don't think it belongs on here. Um, it's a cheap sample. That's all it is. I don't think anybody needed to sample America like that. Uh, and then Feel It Boy, we've already discussed. That was an appearance with Beanie Man. Uh, Beanie Man, who was deeply homophobic and problematic at the time, uh, really hurt her, her Really hurt her with her fans. I, I guess I just don't like that it's someone to call my lover and Feel It Boy as well. Um, it could be worse. It could be going to make, um, or what's going to be, featuring um, Busta Rhymes, which I think is, is a hugely... You know, that song where she's like, I'm going to make you come. Like, ugh, God, that that did not belong in a single. Mm, that did not right. belong in a single. I don't know. Janet being here makes me really happy. I like that she appears five times. Um, it's, I think she appears once more. I believe she and Nelly have um, a really terrible duet together later on that is just a rehash of his upcoming duet with Kelly Rowland, Dilemma. 
Um, I don't know if I know that song off the top of my head. No matter what I do. Ah, yes. No, I'm crazy over yeah. you. See, so many songs yeah. that I just need to know, like the uh, the opening bars or the start of a chorus. And it's like uh, when you hear, if, if, you're, if you're out somewhere and you just hear, yeah, it's a band. It's like, well, there you go. That song's in my head forever now. Yeah, I couldn't have told you what Season of the Witch sounded like until my husband started playing it. I was like, oh, it's fucking Season of the Witch! All right, I don't have much more to say about Janet. I'm really happy she's on here five times. I I am trying to make sense of this. It's it's Aaliyah, it's Black Eyed Peas, it's Blink-182, it's Coldplay, it's Janet Jackson. I, I, again, it's these artists appearing five times in the same five years is really weird to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just hard to reconcile these artists together. Now, here's somebody who I think is appears a shockingly low number of times. I am baffled that Jay-Z has five total appearances. Two of them are just guest spots. Huh. Is, is this an issue with Now's insistence on using... using Alright, so I, I mean, I guess they're just going to outright say it and, and point a finger at, at Now kind of in a lot of ways. When they decide to... And we've mentioned this on previous episodes before that they are playing demographics. Do you think that the lack of Jay-Z is because largely, other than perhaps Ludacris, they tend to lead more towards... Uh, you know what? No, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to rewind that and, and cut all that out because I think I think my head is kind of disproving my own hypothesis. No, I, I, actually, I completely agree with you. I actually would love to respond to this. I think by and large... Then I'll, I'll say it. I think by and large they use R&B to appeal to, you know, what... You know, our, our gross white fat executive with a cigar would call the urban demographic. Um, I think they use R&B much more than they use hip hop. And I think for some of these moms in their, in their suburbans, Jay-Z is a little too threatening, in, especially compared to, say, Nelly. I, I think that, that it's the lack of Jay-Z really comes from a white record exec's mentality when creating, when, when targeting demographics. I very much agree. They only like to appeal mm-hmm. to a white sense of blackness. Fuck you put that. You put that so much better and so much more succinctly than I I did in all of that mumbling. Jesus, I'm. I, let me just pause and like. I'm so lucky to have the friends I have in my life right now. I have incredibly smart friends, and I think I don't care how bright you shine. You better surround yourself with people that shine brighter than you because you're all going to shine brightest together and you just don't know enough to know everything. And I'm really lucky to have friends in my life that like to teach me things and like to help me understand how I can contribute to the world better. And I think this now really does highlight an incredible white sense of blackness where I see these songs, Hard Knock Life. Okay. I don't actually know that Hard Knock Life lines up with the second now where it appears. Okay, the Fiesta remix on Now 7, that's both R. Kelly and Jay-Z. That lets you knock two people out and gives you a demographic. O3, Bonnie and Clyde, I know it's a Jay-Z song. It's a Beyonce song. It's a different conversation. Excuse Me Miss is the only real surprise on here because Crazy in Love is again a Beyonce song. So I do think they even went with the safest Jay-Z choices they could have gone with. There is nothing about Jay-Z's inclusion that is anything more than a bid for relevance with a community who they barely try to pay attention to. Please stop saying to black America, hey, we've paid attention to you. Here's the things we like about you. They're not the same thing. And the false equivalence is a humongous problem. I think Jay-Z is a desperate bid for relevance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think I I should do this, and I'm sure Jay-Z will come up again on, on a now but I really wish that I looked at... I really wish I looked at what tracks were just 
left out? Like, what big Jay-Z tracks just kind of got glossed over here? And what the content in them is? Because other than Hard Knock Life, and I know that two of these he is on, um, essentially, Beyonce songs, there is... It's it's just like... There's no rap stories being told from Jay-Z here. It's hard to even put your finger on. Yeah, this is like... There's there's something... Even though they included him five times, there's something that missed the point. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's it's staggering that they managed to take a look at Jay Z and they played it as safely as possible. This is it'd be like putting Dashboard Confessional on here and and not putting on any of his songs about how sad girls make him. Yeah, no, for real, I completely completely agree. It it's those terrible greatest hits records that they had to release in the '90s that would have one single and like ten album tracks. There's something really fake about this, but I think it contrasts beautifully with, and I mean this really honestly, how how genuinely hip-hop the ludicrous inclusions are. Roll Out on 9, Stand Up on 15, Holiday Inn on 15, O on 19, and Pimpin' All Over the World on 20. This is a little bit, uh, oh, 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 holy shit, I forgot to make a point. I oh, forgot I haven't point. made a point. By the way, there's no Christina Aguilera. Wait, period? Holy shit, yep. you're right. And I remembered it because I was supposed to make that point at Mandy Moore, and I saw Jessica Simpson is next, and I just was like, right, there was no Christina. I completely forgot. We have managed to, by virtue of being programmed to compare women to other women, brought up Christina Aguilera 18 trillion times, but she has yet to appear once. That, holy shit, how did we, how did we miss that? Huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, this list literally changed everything I thought, because I never would have thought there were five ludicrous songs on here. I feel like we kept being like, yeah, what are two ludicrous songs? Yeah, what are two ludicrous songs? Five U2 yeah, songs like, blows my mind I, as well. Meanwhile, Gossip Folks is nowhere to be fucking found. This is... Huh. All right, well, I mean... Right? It is kind of confirming a couple of the implicit biases that we thought we had seen, or we assumed throughout how nows were created. Even then, the Christina admission is still really strange, and I can't even begin to... Because we picked out specific songs between omissions, because we had done uh, Come On Over Baby, we have done Moulin Rouge song, um, we discussed... Lady Marmalade. Yeah, we, we discussed uh, Beautiful um, uh, an episode or two ago. So, we've known that specific songs are not showing up, but we never put the dots together that no song has shown up. Fighter. Dirt. Yeah, Dirty. that was an omission too. Fuck. Wow, that's wild. Huh. Yeah. This was this was yeah. really shocking. And again, Christina Aguilera shows up zero times. Jay-Z shows up five times. Yeah. Ludacris shows up five times. Baby Fash, Baby Bash and Frankie fucking J show up four times each. Oh my god, wait. I love Baby Fash. Like he's a little he's a little I do love Baby Fat, yeah. Like it's like the boss baby, but he's a fascist. I, <laughs> um but, but then, so, take everything I said about, um, well, that implies we have to have a baby Antifa, too, which is even more adorable. So take everything I said about Christina Aguilera's inexplicable absence and just, like, put it through a, an opposite-day filter, and all of those things can be said about Jessica Simpson appearing five fucking times on these. Jessica Simpson has five fucking appearances, dude, and it gets even weirder than that. Her first appearance is her husband's final appearance. That's fine. Was he ever really the 
anything but the straight man in that couple. Like, he was always just kind of the other one. Like, his best role was as the guy who just stood there and was like, this is a stupid situation that I'm living. Well, but the- He was was never the face of this couple, really. And I get that, but the most successful- He was the Marty Jannetty of this tag team. The most successful they ever were, other than her, like, musically most successful she was in her pop days, were when- they were younger and they had a duet that is the single before I Think I'm In Love With You, Where You Are. It was a Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson duet on her first album and it was her second single and it was a hit and it didn't make any of these. Her first single is horrible. I Want to Love You Forever is the worst fucking piece of music in the world. Um, it's maudlin. It's over the top. It's dramatic. She doesn't sing it very well. It's really bad. Um a little bit was on her second album where they realized the biggest problem with her playing virginal meant that nobody was going to get to pop that. So they decided they had to go in and sexualize her. She has a song, the, the debut single, and I believe the title of the record is Irresistible. He's Irresistible, Up Close and Personal. Um, something about I Can't Breathe. He's Irresistible to Me. And that sounded exactly like a little bit. And the whole thing was like a riff on sounding like Britney. It was really flat. It was really awkward. It didn't go anywhere. Um, so then she disappears and she comes back with with you take my breath away in angels I'm going to say something with you was a hit take my breath away in angels were not these were inclusions based on the popularity of her appearances on a TV show are two of these covers or is one I think I think I'm mixing up a song that maybe appears two of them are covers and one of them is a sample okay exactly there we go she has she has five songs and three of them are not really by her at least the most famous version of either of any of those three are not by her. She did nothing to improve on Jack and Diane. No. Take My Breath Away will forever be by Berlin. And Angels is by Robbie Williams, who only had two appearances. And somehow this woman had five. You could take my you could take any 30 second bit of me discussing Take My Breath Away and post it to our public freakouts and get a million upvotes. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, I just need to. Uh, something I did, I had to go back and listen for little things to hear if we talked about certain songs on the later ones where we started skipping around a little uh-huh. bit. Uh, I had never actually heard the whole uh, – I had never heard the O'Marion omission before. I turned the episode off, I guess, thinking it was over. I would never heard the O'Marion omission until the I, other day. I don't know what that's in reference to. Oh, just, I was just skipping him? What? what? No, no. We uh, – you were like the um, – you put it at the end where you're like – so, Nico, um, what band was Omarion in? Was it B2K? Oh, right. And I'm like, yep. The- and you go, hello? And I'm like, yep. And you're like, was it B2K? And I'm like, <laughs> and I love that by the end I'm literally laughing. Yes, yes, the answer is yes, never ask me again. And then you do a really good straight man bit, and at the very end you go, what was the band he was in again? Was it B2K? <laughs> and I think that's the funniest thing. I, I can't even imagine how much I laugh. Like, it... it it it's it's a really nice memory. That is um, our uh, that is our best uh, post post credits stinger uh, that there will ever be. Uh, I think it's our only one. Yeah. I don't think we can ever top it. Um. Well, but now let's let's go to another bit that we do for way too long at any given time. Wait. So does that mean? Wait. We, we each get one sentence about this Gwen Stefani list. Let's do it. Go. We've given her enough time already. Um. Okay. Okay. Nothing about this upsets me. There's my sentence. Okay. I think it makes sense. My response is. Fascinatingly, only one of these is really just her. Gwen Stefani has five appearances. Let me blow your mind with Eve, Hollaback Girl, which is essentially a fucking Pharrell song, and two No Doubt appearances. Underneath it all, and it's my life. Yes, so I agree with you on that. I think what you're waiting for 
honestly is is less Gwen Stefani than Hollaback Girl even is. Uh, yes, it is it is a feral produced song and screams of it, but man, that that has to be her defining song at this point in her career. Oh, I do think it's the defining song in her career. I just think it sounds like somebody else. Okay. That doesn't mean that it's not her name all over. Yeah, it's like I think um, Family Affair is Family Affair and Real Love are the two most defining songs by Mary J. Blige, and they sound completely like Dre songs mm. and uh, P. Diddy okay. songs from their eras. Yes, true. Um, speaking uh, of yeah. not having anything to say, do we do we need to mention you two? Um, I I want to just say they managed to have five appearances: Sweetest Thing, Beautiful Day, Walk On, Stuck in a Moment, and Vertigo. Three of them are from one record. One of them was, okay, Sweetest Thing was a B-side that got put on a Greatest Hits album so they could kind of pretend there was something new. It kind of caught on. It was that period where people were like, maybe I like you too. Then they did Beautiful Day. And I will admit, there is something really powerful about Beautiful Day. I don't think anything sounded like it in a really long time. I do think when you two returned for... um all that you can't leave behind. They did come back with a sound that didn't sound like anything else on the radio. Mm. I was fine with it staying there, but okay. And it made people really happy. And like, that's so important. So many people drew strength from Bono throughout nine 11. And I'm not even trying to be funny. He really with like stuck in a moment. Like he really did walk on. He really wrote these songs that helped people heal. But then there came a point where Bono started to believe that he was Bono. And, like, that is where we started to get all of the funny jokes about, you know, Bono. Vertigo's inclusion is the most obscene thing in the world. Vertigo was not an actual hit. Vertigo was one of those hits you were told was a hit. And Vertigo's inclusion is embarrassing. Sweetest Thing's inclusion is just a remnant of being the first three or four nows. I accept Beautiful Day, Walk On, and Stuck in a Moment. But I do think this is still in that era... Other than Vertigo being on here because it was in a lot of commercials, I think most of U2's inclusion is to get the dads. Yeah, completely agreed. It's it's hard to argue about Vertigo's inclusion on a compilation album whose goal it is is to elevate artists but also pay them at the same time when Vertigo was the first and I, I guess the first major iPod song? Yeah, yeah, first real Apple commercial. It seems like it is on brand as hell, and I bet I would love to put Bono and Will I Am in a room together and just listen to them talk. I bet it would make me want to fucking stick my head into a blender. It's kind of stunning they've never done a song together. Yeah, it's like it's like waiting to be my least favorite song of all time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels like it it's the perfect combination for a thing that would make me van gogh my ears speaking of 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 needing to cut things off i i feel like i should like cut my hand off in apology oh in a recent episode i misspoke my research had misled me to believe keith urban had a grand total of five now appearances of which we had been we had seen three and there were two more to come Uh Yeah. He has seven now appearances. He has seven? We've seen five. Two are left to come. Ah. So, I mean, I knew that there had to be more because he doesn't go away in real life. And as, as I've mentioned before, I'm not a Keith Urban expert or even a fan, but via 
um, maternal Stockholm syndrome. Um, I have uh, more knowledge of him than I ever should. More knowledge of his music, at least. Uh, and I just know that he's a guy who puts out an album like every 14 to 18 months on the dot. Um, so him being gone to me would just be like, we get it. He's good. Put someone else on here. Try to push them. He doesn't need it anymore. Um, so just even the fact that two more songs show up eventually, you know, doesn't surprise me. It, it certainly makes more sense than them stopping now. But if it didn't, I think it would kind of be a result of, you know, that that, that mindset that I mentioned. So sure, whatever. I, I don't give a shit that he's here. I, I won't miss him. And his inclusion does nothing for me. I'm, I'm completely zero sum in regards to Keith Urban's inclusions on these. I really like that you segued really beautifully because I have absolutely nothing about Keith Urban except, oops, I was wrong. Um, okay. Okay, so we've talked a lot about how most of these are pretty understandable. There, we can justify a lot of them. I think the next five fucking artists make no sense. It certainly is something. Three artists appear six times. Yes, and those artists are... Three Doors Down, Nelly, and R. Kelly. I mean, which one do you want to not talk about first? Oh, my God. Um, I think I, I think we need to go for the MAGA Chuds. Um, yes. Rep, you, you've, congratulations, MAGA Chuds. You've got your representation that you're so desperate to get in the real world. Yeah. And you know what I hate? You know what I hate the most about this? Uh, no, Nico. What do you hate the most about it? I can literally sing five of them from memory. Oh, Kryptonite is if I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? Be like that is if I could be like that, I would give anything okay, just no. to live one day in your shoes. Hold me when I'm here, write me when I'm wrong, love me oh, when I'm geez. scared, and something when I'm gone. Um, I'm here without you, baby, but you're still on my lonesome mind. Oh my god, let me go! Like I can hear, let wow. me go. I don't know why I can't come up with more of condolences. It. I'm I'm a th- I'm as third of a three doors down. I'm one third of the doors down that you are. I've never owned a three doors down album. I've never bought a single. I've never given them any of my money. I've never purposely streamed them. I don't know what to do with this. I, I really don't. I I get why they're here. I guess because I know five of the six of them. I feel like that is justifiable but like i i i don't think i don't think three doors down is one song more yeah okay that's a really good way to put it i don't think three doors down contributed 120 percent of the music to popular culture that jay-z did i don't think three Uh, doors down should be better represented than Coldplay. yes all of this is accurate same um, with Nelly too, though. Same with and Nelly. Nelly's 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 got a pretty tight grouping too. Ride, Ride with me and Hot in Here are the the big ones. I don't I don't think there's many people who remember My Place or Over and Over, and those are the last two. Air Force Ones is in there, but that's a Will I Am song essentially. Not that he wrote it or had anything to do with it, but it is just literally like a sell things song. Oh, girlfriend, yeah. So like he had his time, and it's from seven to twelve, and that's it. If you got rid of those other two songs that no one remembers, he would fit in perfectly with the four appearance artists. I think he's just kind of an outlier. Um, and R. Kelly, I mean, do we want to use this opportunity to kind of talk R. Kelly? Like, it's... Uh, I, I, I kind of have a final thing I want to say on R. Kelly. I don't believe he ever shows yeah. up again. So okay. I would like to say um, R. Kelly is a really horrible thing to talk about. Um, I think R. Kelly might be one of the greatest songwriters in history. I think he might literally be one of the most talented people to ever work in music. He can write a song about anything. I swear to God, swear to God, you can put a container of Chinese food in front of him and he's like, I got a hit. And like, yeah, 
I I think he discovered Aaliyah. It's unfortunate that he discovered her while trying to penetrate her at 14 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's I, certainly one way to put it. I think R. Kelly contributed an unbelievable amount to music. I think he has contributed an even sadder amount to pop culture. We make piss tape jokes about R. Kelly. We make jokes about so much of what he's done. But the truth is now R. Kelly is very possibly endangering the lives of young women. And Mm -hmm. that makes me feel sick. And I have given this man a lot of my money. And not like, you know, an overwhelming amount, but I have been buying songs either written by or performed by or produced by R. Kelly since I'm like six fucking years old. I am just sad that a man who can write in any genre of music and about any fucking thing you put in front of him with such an incredible deftness and can play all of those instruments and play those songs back to you. I think it's really sad that who he has become is a literal person who puts children in danger and a kidnapper it makes me very sad that r kelly is both that man and represented this well all right uh, i mean yeah uh the eights lenny kravitz and jennifer lopez i hate this category more than i hate anything in the world yeah wow this is uh full of songs that nobody remembers and it's almost like they're on here from good faith based on other hits Okay, I, I have this I have this mental image, and it's like this this Staten Island couple, and he's kind of like he's like he's like Irish, right? Or maybe Irish Italian, right? And and she's Latina, or at least she's like a quarter Latina, and likes to imagine she's fully Latina. And but there, you know, if you're Latina, you're Latina enough. Period. There's no such thing as not Latina. But it's when you're like, I'm not any of the other things that make me that it's a little weird. Um, I imagine these two people are on here for that couple that mm. live in Staten Island and they want to play this at their barbecue. And she's like, what should we put on? And he's like, put on Lenny Kravitz. And she's like, I don't want to listen to that rock crap. What can we listen to? <laughs> can we put on J-Lo? I don't want to hear that J-Lo shit. No, I'm just going to put on J-Lo. I'm going to put on the J-Lo record. Fine, put on J-Lo. But make sure you, you, you put in some uh, Lenny Kravitz and some Three Doors Down. Like... I feel like I can't stop being angry about this category. I've tried to stop being angry about this category, but it's just not in me. Lenny Kravitz appears eight times. Fly Away on number one. American Woman on number three. I Belong to You at number four. Again at number five. Dig In on number nine. I'm sorry. Again on number six. Dig In on number nine. Stillness of Heart on number 10. Where Are We Running on number 16. And Lady on number 18. And I think people can possibly name four of them. Okay. So I might do a racism here. Um, And you let me know if I am. But we just talked about how... about why Jay-Z might not have any songs that represent him in the way that Jay-Z should be represented, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible, or I guess I'll say, do you think that both of these artists being minorities with extension into a more mainstream suburban... Hey, I, I, can, I, can, I, can I jump in with you? Because yes. I don't think you're doing a racism. Okay. If what you're asking is, is it possible that Lenny Kravitz and Jennifer Lopez are a white executive's idea of reaching out to minorities in a way that is non-offensive to white people? Absolutely. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Lenny, Lenny Kravitz has a very Jewish last name, and he has a Jewish father, and he has a famous black mom, and he runs around like he's fucking Jimi Hendrix, and 
Uh, sometimes he goes out in public in giant boas, and sometimes he has a nose ring, and sometimes he's banging Nicole Kidman. And sometimes his sometimes. dick flops out on stage. Yeah, and his daughter is awesome, and I think Lenny Kravitz is very much... Lenny Kravitz is really cool. It's easy to like Lenny Kravitz and think he's cool. And I don't think the middle of the country thought too much about how black he was when they heard his cover of American Woman. And I don't think they thought too much about how Jewish his last name is when they saw Fly Away, when they heard that and thought it was the coolest fucking song ever. I think Lenny Kravitz rocks hard enough that they believed that enough of the country would forego his ethnicity when they normally wouldn't let that go for other artists. You know, people ask why there aren't more black country artists. Well, I don't know how much of this country would be that okay with it. Okay, yeah. And that's part of the problem. I think Jennifer Lopez, uh, I I am not, please, far be it for me to impede on anybody else's uh, Latinx, um, Latinx, however you want to mm-hmm. say it, um, heritage, but there is not a really hard question why Jennifer Lopez, with her more or less average voice has eight songs and Mark Anthony with his unbelievable operatic power tenor has two appearances and it is because audiences do have a problem with white audiences especially in this time had a problem accepting non-white artists and Jennifer Lopez was an artist who like they let her be Latina but you know the Waiting for Tonight is also on her first album as Una Noche Mas, just, you know, One yeah. More Night. Ain't It Funny has this intense flamenco Spanish guitar vibe to it, and it's replaced by the Ain't It Funny remix with, with Ja Rule. Not on here, but the the more popular one. I, I also think it's interesting that we're discussing um, J-Lo and race relations and I'm Real, and we're not discussing her use of the N-word in ah, um, yes. I'm we, Real. We, were uh, you on the episode where we had that as an omission and we did discuss that? I feel like... I think that we, was definitely a huge discussion. About okay, it. yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, look, like I'm going to just say it. If you think you need to say that word and you are white, you are wrong. If you think you need to say that word and it is not a word that has uh, historically applied to you, you are wrong. If you think anything of that word, other than leave it alone, if it's not your culture, you are wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think J-Lo should have known better. It is one of those things where I think J-Lo might have actually said, did I do a racism Mm. afterward? (sighs) You had to know better. You had to know better. You know, I don't think you're asking me anything racist. You're not saying, well, Lenny Kravitz is only famous because he's a minority. No, you're actually saying the opposite. You're saying that it's possible that Lenny Kravitz is so well represented here because they have spent... 20 years, 30 years, underplaying his minority status in in the cultural perception, treating him more as a rocker than as uh, a man who has dual uh, a, a dual cultural background of of you know the heaviness that comes along with being Jewish and the heaviness that comes along with being black in America. He's the album um, in a then, in a racist white dad's collection that he can point at, much like a friend, uh, and say, I can't be racist, I have a black friend. I can't be racist, I have a black album. Truly, truly, truly. And then he also points to Metallica's The Black Album. (laughs) Um, Jennifer Lopez was, and I I think, you know, Jennifer Lopez was part of such a really cool thing for me growing up, because it got really cool to be Latino growing up, like all of a sudden. 
all of a sudden everybody was cool about it. Like when I was in elementary school and they'd be like, yeah, I'm Cuban. People would be like, like boats, like boat people. And I would be like, oh, God. Mm. Um, but then all of a sudden, like, you know, this massive um, Latin explosion happened. Jennifer Lopez, Ricky Martin, Mark Anthony. And it just became really cool to be Latino and embrace your Latino heritage. Uh, Christina Aguilera, being one-eighth Ecuadorian, thought it was really important that she record a Spanish-language uh, record. And we're so glad she did. It gave us um, Jeannie Atrapado. Jennifer Lopez was fetishized for being a Latina. I think she was treated very much as the as the sexy neighborhood brown girl. And I actually think she had to work really hard to break free of that. Um, he, I, I called her moderately talented, but she manages to have eight fucking songs on a now. I don't think she's an amazing actress. I don't think she should be winning Oscars. I don't think she's an amazing singer. I don't think she should be winning Grammys. I think she's a beautiful woman who has earned a lot of money and has played her cards very, very, very well, has worked hard. Uh, I don't think there was a period... I think there was a period of time where she didn't turn down a single role. I think she worked very hard, and she managed to tap into something that most most people in general can't. She tapped into this cultural zeitgeist idea of... Um, what the average woman was looking to be by being in all of these films where she was the female romantic lead opposite all of these leading men and she managed to do it while being Latina and that's that's no easy feat in this country so I do think for as much as I do enjoy picking on Jennifer Lopez for being the fly girl who couldn't stay on the beat she still worked hard she had to work harder than anybody else because she is not as talented as anybody else and I still am bothered by her eight appearances here all of that said, Waiting for Tonight on number four, Love Don't Cost a Thing on number six, Play on number seven, I'm Real on number eight, uh, Ain't It Funny on nine, I'm Gonna Be Alright on ten, Jenny from the Block on twelve, and I'm Glad on thirteen. It's almost crazy that she has eight appearances in... Oh, wow. She only missed one, two. She missed two nows. She doesn't have a track on five or eleven. Other than that, she is on eight out of ten consecutive nows. Uh, I guess that's my soapbox point on that. Uh, <laughs> um, so we are on to the big guns. Top four, the, man. The ones with ten appearances. And take this opportunity, folks at home, to think about which four artists, and some of these are split um, amongst their members, hint, hint. Um, take, take a guess at which four have are in the double digits here. Uh, and Nico, go ahead and take it away. This is your baby. I would like to say that I think all four artists here are winners, and they're all winners in different ways. Um, we have two straight winners, and then we have kind of slightly more complicated winners. Um, the two straight winners are Britney Spears at 10 appearances and the Backstreet Boys at 11. That's shocking. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears appears on two with Baby One More Time, three with Sometimes, four with Drive Me Crazy. Five with Lucky, six with Stronger, seven with Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know. She skips eight, then appears on nine with I'm a Slave for You. And just a a quick note, two through seven is the second longest, like, combo um, throughout all of the nows thus far, which I think is notable. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, She appears at 15 with Toxic and 16 with Every Time. Britney Spears is unquestionably the solo champion of now. She yes. has 10 appearances. No other solo artist comes... No, two solo artists come close, and it's fucking Lenny Kravitz and Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. Right. So I think we can agree. Britney Spears is the far and away winner. 
Um, she manages to have ten appearances where Mandy has four, Jessica has five, Christina has zero. It's extraordinary that Britney Spears appears ten times. Um, it is shocking where her break is. Uh, I think we've kind of talked about how everybody has that breaking point where they kind of stop appearing after a while. I'm shocked to see that it's 10 and then she appears again at 15, 16 and then disappeared again. Uh, we have entered the dark time of Britney Spears of life and um, she's going to have a much more spotty appearance record for a while. But congratulations to Britney Spears for being the artist who, the solo artist who appears the most. That's wild. It really is it's considering it. Yeah. Wild statistic. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Fifty percent of the nows, quite quite yeah, a few. She's the, the she's the singles. Everyone else is tag team champion, but she she is our singles Which, champion of the world, um, and it's it's deserved. Um, maybe the fact that there was a interesting level of um, non competition from uh, I don't know maybe Christina Aguilera, but okay. But here's what I'm gonna say. I don't think Christina could have done it. It wouldn't have. No, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Yeah. Like Britney, all of these songs still deserve to be here, except maybe. Uh, I mean, Lucky sucks, but it it was a song for sure. Um, Don't let me be the last to know. That's the only one you need to pull. Overprotected. Overprotected. Okay. Yeah, you could pull two from there. She'd still have eight. Even if I tried to name Christina's hits, you'd have "Genie in a Bottle," "What a Girl Wants," "Come on Over," "I Turn to You," "Lady Marmalade," "Fighter," "Dirty." beautiful I don't know that she's had 10 singles by this point in her career yeah I do not know that Christina Aguilera would have been able to pull this off agreed yeah you know Brittany we've talked a lot about you thank you so much for being the queen of this show you literally there's no question 10 solo appearances is the winner Brittany come on down again talk to us about them uh no but she uh she's she's got a spot just on her single stuff alone like other than the Backstreet Boys, who are next, you can probably take a single artist from the other two bands that break ten and put one of them on our route, our on our Mount Rushmore. But Britney Spears is the only solo artist who has carved a place into that mountain of now on her own. I completely agree. Um, but now to to move to the unquestionable, not unquestionable, but the 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 clean cut. Mm-hmm. And um, owners of the Combo Breaker Championship, they are on one through nine. Uh, one through nine, and then 19 and 20. A, a wild, wild streak and break, and then inexplicable back-to-back. Backstreet Boys, they have a place here, but it's just... It may, it may be a little too much of a place. Well, I, I'm going to even be more shocking. Their first single is missing, which was Quit Playing Games With My Heart. Their biggest single ever... I want it that way is missing. Uh, uh, ba- uh, did you say Backstreet's Back? Because that's missing. That's also missing. That's their second biggest single, Everybody. So we have the two biggest singles by the Backstreet Boys missing, and it's yeah. still wow. 11 songs. Um, you could easily pull some of those later ones off, The Call, More Than That, Drowning. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, no one would You, you could pull them off. I don't think anybody would notice. But, guys, Eleven songs in twenty nows. That's unfucking real. I do think that incomplete and just want you to know are messy inclusions toward the end. I believe without them they would not have cleared eleven, but we were easily able to name three songs that were just as big as any of the songs on this list, and that could have been included to put them at twelve instead. 
Um, the Backstreet Boys uh, managed to do what no other band could do. They have 11 appearances as a group, uh, with the exception of the – and this is something else that I'm really impressed by with Britney and Backstreet uh, that the others won't be able to, to claim. All of those Britney Spears songs mm. are by herself. All of these Backstreet Boys songs, with the exception of each of them having one remix by a notable person, I believe the Overprotected remix is the Dark Child remix, and the Call is the Neptunes remix. Um, oh, speaking of, real quick, I meant to say this in the first episode, uh, the only pink appearance is that terrible remix of Sweet Dreams into oh, yeah. Get This woof, Party Started. Woof, 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 woof. Woof. Um, so, the Backstreet Boys, 11 appearances, only one of them being a remix, none of them featuring an additional artist. The Backstreet Boys really managed to do something for themselves that I think is quite impressive. Um, that said, the Backstreet Boys are tied with another band. They are, but... Um, so I, I do I do want to throw a, a flag here on how you've done this, because while you do have NSYNC at 11, I think really how this should be broken down is to is Justin Timberlake having 10 and J.C. Chazé having nine, um, because uh, Justin's been there for most of these, and so is J.C. Um, but you know, in sync, getting some of those props for stuff like the solo, the solo tracks, maybe. Um, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty generous. I'll, I'll be honest. I did it because I really, I, I did it for number one. I did it because I think it's too hard to separate number one. Okay. Sure. Uh, well, uh, I mean, yeah, I think everything we would have to say about NSYNC kind of um, applies to the Backstreet Boys, but then there's the interesting asterisks here of Justin Timberlake having a bunch of solo stuff and uh, JC Shazay having one solo thing. Um, this, I mean, there will be parallels to the next artist, uh, almost like I almost like beat for beat, number for number in a lot of ways. Really, truly, I agree. Um I just, you know, we very clearly fell on the NSYNC side of the boy band debate. Uh, we also are kind of like, look, if we have to take one of the fucking boy band members, we'll take Jay, we'll take Justin Timberlake, but no one's crazy about it. Um, I, I do think NSYNC managed to, I think their 11 is a well-earned 11. And I think um, we said that there's easily three Backstreet Boys songs we could add, even if we could pull two of those off. I think I'd pull one NSYNC song off, and I think I could add four more. NSYNC's first oh, album so... is recognized in no yeah, way. exactly. It starts with It's Gonna Be Me and Bye Bye Bye, which means all of that self-titled album. So, um, Tearing Up My Heart, I Want You Back, um, the, that really shitty ballad, uh, even their Christmas song. Drive Myself no Crazy. Here. Yeah, this is this is a disappointing uh, turnout and showing on NSYNC. It's still not as bad as Christina Aguilera, but it's... Um, it's pretty embarrassing. It's not even the most popular J.C. Chazé song. It's not Some Girls Dance With Women, which was his awkwardly bad single. Um, oh, God. It's the song from yeah. Drumline. It's uh, it's just embarrassing all around, whereas Justin Timberlake, up through this point in his career, they have left out one solo single. They only did not include Crimea River, which could have easily been included. Mm. It's like, I love you, rock your body, where is the love in Senorita? It is literally every single up through that point in his career, with the exception of, like I said, Crimea. Um, I guess that leaves us with nothing left but number one. The, I guess we could say questionable winner, but uh, it's not that questionable if you really no. think about it. Destiny's Child have 12 appearances as an entity, but if you really want to say it, 
Beyonce has eleven. Yeah, it's. I think it's more of Beyonce having eleven, but um, Destiny's Child and and kind of their their alumni, their their postgraduate careers as well, is kind of what we're looking at within Sync and Destiny's Child here. Um, and Beyonce, I think we are maybe only I don't know five or six, maybe maybe at, at the absolute most. We re- if we really want to put a number to it that specifically, let's say we're ten nows away from her being the unquestioned champion among all of them like she's she's i don't know this for a fact but i feel like she's got to dominate this list at some point unless she stops appearing on right. them, unless she no longer felt the need to license her music um but to give destiny's child their 12 appearance uh-huh. props jumpin jumpin at number five independent women number one at number six survivor at number seven bootylicious on number eight emotion on number nine Kelly Rowland appears with Stole on number 12. Beyonce has O3 Bonnie and Clyde with Jay-Z on number 12. Beyonce then has Crazy in Love with Jay-Z on number 14. Me, Myself, and I on 15. Naughty Girl on 16. The group Destiny's Child returns for Soldier on 18, Girl on 19, and Cater to You on 20. Realistically, there's maybe three or four Destiny's Child songs missing. Um, like Bills, 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 Bugaboo. I will say this, Jumpin' Jumpin' was with the original four-member group, which was um, Beyonce, Kelly, LaTonya, and LaTavia. Mm-hmm. Um, Independent Women was Beyonce, Kelly, Michelle, and Farah. Survivor uh, and On is the same as... Uh, is, uh, the Survivor and On is Beyonce, Kelly, and Michelle. Uh, I do believe, however, on the final record with Soldier Girl and Cater to You, at one point, Beyonce injured herself. I believe she might have either sprained her ankle or broken her leg, Uh. something. And Solange got her major start by dancing in the group to help um, not have to change all the staging and choreography. Okay. I mean, I don't have a lot of Destiny's Child, um, like, deep cut knowledge um, or, like, background info knowledge. That's that's all up to the Nicopedia here. Um, I do love that the thing that pushes them as a group over the edge is Stole, which is like, in my mind, beyond a shadow of a doubt, like, top ten worst songs we've ever done on this show. Uh, yeah, it's kind of up there, to be honest. I'm not trying to be mean about it. It's it's just not an impressive piece of music. I, I love her. Um, I even really liked that song uh, at the time. But, like, when we listened back to it, I was pretty disappointed. All in all, I think this last two hours has shown us that uh, now can be uh, prejudice against certain artists like Christina Aguilera leaving off one of the most recognizable artists of the last hundred years of music. Um, It can be pretty directly Mm -hmm. racist in terms of who it leaves off uh, because of their culture and their ethnicity. It's Um, it's an interesting microcosm of the music industry as a whole, I think. Um, I've, I've noticed. Straight down to all of those real black marks. Pink appears once, Christina Aguilera appears zero times, U2 appears five times, Three Doors Down appears six times. You know, these numbers, they... What do they tell us? They tell us that this was some marketing algorithm's idea of the best way to make money. Yeah, like if Aliens came down and used Now as like a touchstone for popular culture, at this point, so like 2005, you know, they wouldn't be super far off with the the top four being major cultural landmarks of the last five years but then you just get to nelly and three doors down and jennifer lopez and lenny kravitz right after that and it's such a weird value judgment by these by whoever puts this shit together 
It's it's baffling. There's no there's no yeah. you could even hypothesize about money and industry and labels and it still doesn't make as much sense. There's no narrative that really fits. I'm just having some amount of trouble putting it into in my final thoughts into words. I think I think what my final thoughts come down to is the now experiment has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt no. The answer is no. Like, these do not reflect music at the time. But what they are a reflection of is just as fascinating. So I kind of think I'm really looking forward to 21 through 40. I am fascinated by how much crossover we're going to have to acknowledge in 21 through 40 to just before it. Like 20 being the start of Rihanna, the start of uh, Fall Out Boy, Black Eyed Peas, who are going to appear at least like seven more times I already have five appearances under their belt I don't think we're going to see the Backstreet Boys again I don't think we're going to see JC Chazé ever show up again I think we maybe have four more five more Justin Timberlake songs yeah that makes a lot Um, of sense we're about to enter an era of now that that is not at all what we began and I'm really excited for the journey I am too and this has been an awesome first couple of steps in the journey because um you know, I feel like we're just we're just getting started into this. Two thousand and five to two thousand and twelve is probably my favorite time for pop music since the eighties, which I mean I can't even really say that I was alive to experience and kind of had to do that retroactively. Um, you know, as at two years old I couldn't quite appreciate the the last uh the last edges of New Wave. So um I'm I'm really looking forward to getting into the stuff that I have um, more than just a memory of. I think I have. I think a lot of these songs will have some more attachments than some of the stuff that I expected to have attachments to me at a younger age. I thought some of these songs from when I was 12, 13, 14 would have made more memories, would have carved a little nostalgia place in my brain, and they didn't really pair themselves to memories that I had. But I know for a fact that a lot of the stuff coming up will, and that's. Uh, almost like a delayed fulfilling of the prophecy and of the original intent of this show. So I'm 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 very excited. And you know I'm really excited too. This is uh, we're about to come up on the most the most change my life ever had. We're minutes from me meeting Kevin, uh, my amazing husband. Yeah. Uh, figuring my life out, uh, moving to Orlando for a couple of years on and off, getting my comics started. Uh, learning to weightlift, we're about to hit like everything that is the man I am today. And it's going to be really interesting playing that back through an era of song that I, I remember much more transiently. Like there's a lot more change to that era in my head. So I'm really excited. Hell yeah, man. And I'm glad that you are along for the ride. So Nico, where can people find you? You can find me on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at Nico Action, N-I-C-O. A-C-T-I-O-N. You can also find my music at facebook.com slash action duo if you're in the mood to listen to some uh, throwback 90s R&B. And you can check out the amazingness that is Kid Riot Comics at kidriotcomics.com. And you can find me angry, red, and nude online anytime at Chris Podcasts (laughs) on Twitter. Until the next time, folks, keep listening to terrible music Right into the mailbag, now and again cast at gmail.com, cageclub.me for so much cool stuff. Check me out on this season of Cinemakers. And until next time, when now turns 21, we will catch you on the flip side. 
How can you see into my eyes? 